You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. And we just want to thank the Lord for his mercy that he has shown us. And thank him for the uh, meeting of Sunday. How many of us were really blessed on Sunday? Praise the Lord. It was a children's um, service with a difference. You know, God indeed answers prayers because when you see the children that gave their lives to Christ, you also understand that they received the word. But you also as an adult, as a father, as an elder, hearing the word, you also know that this word also was not children's word. So the Lord indeed spoke in the language of both children and, you know, the aged. And we thank the Lord for that in Jesus' name. And I want to encourage us also to please try and listen to the message. There are so many things you thought you heard that you didn't hear or much more than what you can remember that was given to us in that meeting. And um, I just take him from there quickly. I had so many things there that we, we can't really even you know, dig deep into enough. Okay, we talked about the presence. The theme was joy in his presence. And we looked at Psalm 16. Psalm 16 verse 11, which says, You will show me the path of life. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You will show me the path of life. And if you back up, I think it's verse 8 or 9, where is, thank you, verse 8. We see how this whole thing began, how it concluded. The psalmist said, I have set the Lord always before me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. I have set, I have set, a few weeks back, we talked about Daniel who purposed in his heart. This is what you decide. These are the things we pick from the Bible. The psalmist said, I have said, not the pastor has said, not your uh, husband has said, not your wife has said, not your uncle has said. You have to make a decision. Praise the Lord. We all that are here have been made in the image and likeness of God. Now you operate as God over your destiny to a large extent. So Daniel says, I've purposed in my heart. And we saw the outflow of that purpose. Praise the Lord. Here we see David here saying, I have said. This is why he can see Saul, his enemy, who is trying to kill him. And be unable to slay him. Why? Because as he was seeing Saul, he was seeing Jehovah. And the question that was asked him was, if you kill Saul, your men will shout, praise you, mighty man. But if you kill Saul, what would the Lord say? That's how come he didn't kill him. I have said, praise the Lord, I have said the Lord always, not when I'm in church. Praise the Lord. When she was talking about his presence, that we don't visit his presence. We live in his presence. This is it. Always. The Christian always sees God. No matter where he is, he's driving on the road, he sees God. People provoke you, you see God. People are excited, you see God. Wherever you are, you see the Lord always. Always. It has this constraining effect.
But it has a stability effect, which is what we see here. He said, because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. You will not be moved because you will set the Lord always before you. Praise the Lord. And that's how come he went down to verse 11 where he says, You will now show me the path of life. You will lead me. He was the same one that says, The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. So this is where we want to be. Amen. Where we are found and established in his presence. And full joy is our portion. We also looked at Philippians 4.1. Philippians 4 verse 1. It says, therefore, my beloved and long for brethren, my joy and crown. It says, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Stand fast, and we are taught that it is in the Lord that we are to stand fast. Almost saying the same thing. That word fast talks about being settled, being planted. It said, be established in the Lord. Praise the Lord. Be established in the Lord. Don't be moved. Don't be so soon moved from where you are be established in the lord and it's from that that we go on to four which says rejoice and when you get to that rejoice what does it say say rejoice how in the lord in the lord in the lord rejoice in the lord always like some persons ask the question is it possible to rejoice always It's not possible to rejoice always, but it is possible to rejoice in the Lord always. Why? Because the Lord is the same. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord. I change not. No matter the circumstance, the Lord is who he is. Praise the Lord. So it says rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice always on its own is not possible. But to rejoice in the Lord always, very, very possible. Praise the Lord. So so we looked at that and quickly I just want to mention to us that one of the things you have to pick in the Bible is that word in. The word in is a word that is, it changes the, the parameter of everything you read and that is what we're seeing here. In his presence, in his presence is what? Fullness of joy. That's where the joy is, in his presence. Stand fast in the Lord. Praise the Lord. Rejoice in. That word in. How many of us know what the word in? It's a word that defines location. It talks about where you are. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous word. Run into it. Into. In. So the job of the Christian. My assignment. Your assignment. Is to make sure we are always in. That's why we study the Bible. That's why we pray. That's why we come to church. That's why we do Bible study. So that we can keep locating ourselves. Once we are located in, all the other things flow automatically. Praise the Lord. In is a grammatical word indicating that somebody or something is within or inside something. Not that they are aware of it. You can be aware and not be in. Well, what's going on there? Ah, they're doing this, but you're not there. What happened in church today? Ah, they did this, but you are not part of it. That will not be apportioned. In the name of Jesus. We will always be part of what God is doing. As you've gathered here now. The Bible says where two or more are gathered together in my name. If you're watching online. You know I'm one. You're one. So two of us. Anywhere you are. It says I am there what? In their midst. So he's there. But you can refuse to put yourself. Plant yourself in it. Praise the Lord. It was Jacob that said the Lord was here. And what? I didn't know it. He was there. But Jacob was not in. Till much later. 
praise the Lord. So you can determine to always locate yourself in. And you do that by understanding. You do that by prayer. You pray. Sometimes because of like, especially for midweek services or even Sunday services, by reason of the affairs of your life and all of that, your mind can be wandering. You can capture it. Praise the Lord. You can arrest it. Call it back. Say, mind, I call you. I bind you. <laughs> it's not only the devil we bind. Praise the Lord. You can come to church on Sunday before you sit down, maybe from the car park, the holy police or the usher. Someone has looked for your trouble or someone who is owing you or somebody you're owing passes by and you're just wondering and you bought a new bag. You bought a new bag. This bag would have paid my money. You bought a new bag. So they start praise and worship and just, you're worshiping and say, she bought a new bag, Lord. By that time, you're no longer in. So you need to <laughs> praise the Lord. So I think, you know, that's what Momichi was trying to teach us. Okay. Joy is in his presence because aside from that, with the time that we live in, in the country that we live in, especially for those of us that are from the South. In fact, everyone who is a Christian, our president hates us, but God loves us. Praise the Lord. So it doesn't matter. Even the Bible says, even when my father and mother forsake me. So at least it's not my father, neither is he your father, be. So even if he doesn't love us or he's not interested in us, we know that God is for us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And if God be for us, who can stand? Who can succeed against us? So we are confident. So with the way the country is, we can be sure that we cannot rejoice because, but because the Lord is on the throne. And the Bible says, blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. And he is our God. So we are blessed. In the name of Jesus, it doesn't matter geographical location, we are blessed. Why? Because Jehovah, the God of heaven and earth, is our God. Okay? So, his presence, we must cultivate a hunger and a desire. Not just to visit, not just to attend, but to live in his presence. And, and, and you know, from what she was saying, it, it means that you, you, you nurture. To live in the presence of God is, is, not, is not something that happens accidentally. So it means you're just like we saw in the psalm. You say, I've said the Lord always before me. It means that there are jokes you will not respond to. Just the same way that, you know, some of us, I remember those days as children in school. And, you know, some of your friends, maybe the way they call you, maybe they call you Dallas. Okay. And then you're walking with your dad. And they see and they say, Dallas. You do as if you didn't hear the name. <laughs> what has happened? You know. Why? Because you're in the presence of who? Your father, so you're not responding. That, that, that's what it is. When you dwell in the presence of the Lord, it constrains you. You can't just be anyhow. There are some things you can't watch on television because you know your father is also there with you. If you insist on watching it, he's a gentleman, he will go. And you never know when you'll find him again. Praise the Lord. So we live in his presence. It constrains us. But the, the blessings are so much more. So we discover that secret place Momichi was talking about of intimacy. Okay, where we meet with the Father. And there was something very important she mentioned. I think it was in passing. And, and I think this will be important for a lot of us to re-emphasize. General corporate meetings are important. Praise the Lord. They are helpful. But remember, our Lord Jesus Christ said, when you pray, what do you do? He said, go into what? Your closet, not you people's closet. Corporate prayer is built 
upon private devotion, private relationship. You see, in private prayer, that is when God can speak to you face to face. That is when you can grow. Do you understand? You see, if anybody understands what this is, this is what helps you. You come to God to pray, like I think Max, is Max around? You see, it's only in private prayer that God can speak to you like he spoke to Max. That helped him quit drinking. He said, your mouth is smelling. When you come to that place of private devotion, that's why God will ask you, why were you shouting like a madman? Do you understand? That's where he'll begin. That's where you grow. That's where he will, that's where all your heart. Because you see, for you to come out and meet with him, you'll be coming from where you came from. So the previous day, all of that will flash. You have to deal with it. So if you continually come, you'll find out that during the day, there are some things you immediately have strength to handle. Why? Because you know you're going to meet with him. But you see, when you meet corporately and they just shout for you and they, you know, shabak for you and somebody sweats on your behalf and you say amen, that is the classical definition of religion. There's no relationship. And you can feel good on religion. Somebody said religion is the opium of the masses. I used to quarrel with the statement. But truly it is. But relationship is not an opium. It is life itself. Praise the Lord. In your presence is what? Fullness of joy. You show me the path of life. When you get into that presence, you have a relationship with your father. So then you will not have any need that anyone should tell you. That's when the scripture that says you have an anointing, an unction from the Holy One. Who teaches you all things? What some persons are telling you becomes confirmation, not information. So many Christians today don't have relationship. That's why they can live double lives. Julius, you are talking about the struggle in your office. It's because they have a relationship. If you didn't have a relationship, religion will be carrying you through. Once you come and they bless you, you feel you're blessed, but you're in disobedience. How can somebody be in disobedience and be thinking God will bless him? Isn't it delusion? But many people are deluded. They are living there. They are waking up from boyfriend's bedroom. And then they are joining corporate prayer. If you talk to God personally, not just boyfriend, that you answer someone roughly, he would deal with you on that. As if you killed somebody. But when you don't have a relationship, everything goes, you feel good. It's like a drunkard. He can't remember what he did. He drinks another one. But if his relationship, ah... The Lord will help us, amen, to press in and have that personal relationship. Then from there we can grow. We can get into any other thing, okay? So, so, so we must meet with the Father on our own, privately. Whether it's morning, whether it's afternoon, whether it's night, anytime. But you must have that relationship where you spend time, where you listen to him, where you speak to him. Where you open up your heart. Where you, you know, both of you bond. Why? Because that's the source. That's where joy flows from. Okay? So, so we can say, you know, conclusively from our study on Sunday. That our joy is not circumstantial. I think we've said that here before. Our joy is not circumstantial. Our joy is relational. It's relational. And I'm going to give you scripture. Why? Because our, our Lord Jesus Christ says, I'm the vine and you're what? The branches. As long as the branch is connected to the vine, what happens? It bears fruit. It says we have the Holy Spirit. It says this kingdom that we belong to is what? Righteousness, peace and what? Joy in the Holy Spirit. As long as the Holy Spirit is in you, the Bible says out of your belly shall be flowing what? 
rivers of living waters. Now the Holy Spirit can be in you and that river is not flowing. Why? Because river can be blocked. Praise the Lord. So the, what we learn, that is, that, those are the things that this personal relationship helps. You know what is blocking the river. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Holy Spirit can be resisted. The Holy Spirit can be quenched. Okay? And I don't think anybody listening to me here will really quench the Holy Spirit. Because if you did, you wouldn't be here. I don't also think that anybody here will consciously grieve the Holy Spirit. Because it's a function of not knowing that is there. You know what it means to grieve. Okay? But, but the, the one I think we do, you know, most times is that we don't follow him. And I don't know whether that will fall into resistance or even ignoring him. When we do that, we also lose joy because anytime somebody is sad, anytime somebody is depressed, depression is a function of your meditation. Praise the Lord. It's a function of your meditation. It's what you're thinking about. Okay, it's the list. You check list one. I'm now 37 years old. You check list two, and I'm living in Abuja, list uh, three, and in my father's house is. By the time you add up, get to number seven, then depression will come. But if you reverse the story and say, I'm now 37, and I got born again at 22. Ah, that's my friend, eh, the guy in Hawaii. He died at 18, so he's in hell. Lord, I thank you. See, number one now, you're thanking God what? For salvation. Then you thank God, I'm now 37. Do you know that I've not slept in the hospital ever since I was born? How many of us have that testimony? I've never slept, I don't think, I've not slept in the hospital since I was born. I've never. The only time I went to the hospital that they put me on the bed was when I fell and, you know, caught my stomach. I thought I was dead then. You know, we used to think that once you can see your stomach, you have died. So I was going up the stairs, I was fetching water, you know, I, maybe I was uh, under 10 then. And I don't know, those days it was with bottles. So I was fetching water downstairs, going upstairs to put in the fridge. And the, the, the staircase was wet. So I slipped and fell, the bottle broke and pierced my stomach. I didn't even know I was wearing a shirt. So I think it was my brother or somebody that said, see blood. So opening the shirt, I saw my stomach cut open. I covered it. For the doctor to get my hands off was what? Because I thought if air enters, I have died. <laughs> you know? But thanks speak to God. I got there that evening. They stitched it and I went home. You know, depression is a function of meditation. The same way joy. So we can resist the Holy Spirit. You come back and you say, what a terrible day you've had. And then the Holy Spirit says, well, can you listen to me? He said, I don't want to listen to that. Or even you come to church and the preacher is speaking. He said, uh -huh, they'll start telling you heaven now. Why won't I tell you heaven? Is heaven not there? Praise the Lord. Why won't, why won't I tell you heaven? The Bible says our Lord and Savior Jesus. Who for what? The joy that was set before him. That's what he did. He kept reminding himself. He said to them, I'm from above. I came from the Father. I'm going back to the Father. Do you know that if you kept reminding yourself of that, you can never, nobody can be good. It's so, so, I remember those days when we're, you know, with the family. When we want to go on vacation, you know how it is to get children to wake up in the morning and dress up early in the morning. That's when you're going to school or church. If it's traveling for vacation, they'll wake up before you. They will dress up before you. They will pack up before you. You know why? They are looking forward to the trip. The same way as children of God. If you look forward to heaven, you will never be discouraged. 
Praise the Lord. So, depression is the function of... So, our joy is not circumstantial, but relational. It is a function of how we allow the Holy Spirit have His way in us. That's why the same Philippians 4 can tell us now from verse 8. He said, whatever things are true. Whatever things of good report. What, you know, you, you, can, you can sit down. I remember those days before I got born again. I can, sometimes you just sit down and decide you want to be sad. Then you start counting. You know, then you start thinking. Start thinking, start thinking. Reasons why you should be sad. <laughs> Hallelujah. But for the child of God, the Holy Spirit is always telling you. Giving you reasons why, who you are. Telling you the treasures, the riches that you have in Christ. Do you know, you know, I've said this here before. One of the greatest benefits, and for me it helps me. When I remember that I'm forgiven, that my sins are forgiven. You know, the thing is that many of you were not sinners before you got saved. So they just, uh, they slipped into the kingdom. Okay. But if you have been a sinner and then they forgive you, you know what it means to be told no longer guilty, just as if you never sinned. Justify. Your sin washed away. Where the devil, the devil can't come behind you and whisper your past to you. Do you know what it means? To be made righteous before God, not just before men. And those are the riches the Bible talks about when it talks about the riches of Christ. It's not silver and gold because silver and gold, Dangote has it. The riches of Christ, Dangote doesn't have it. Uh, uh, what's his name? Bill Gates doesn't have it. They don't have it. The riches of Christ, you have it. They don't have it. The, the, rich, the gold and silver is what the Bible calls unrighteous mammon. But the riches it talks about is forgiveness, is redemption, is reconciliation. I get it what I'm saying. Those are riches. When the Holy Spirit t- takes you into meditation of what it means to be a child of God which you are going to get to this evening. That you are accepted in the beloved. Some of us are getting old now, so we don't understand what it means to be rejected. But imagine growing up. You know, these people come out for their bring ball, they want to play, you want to join to play, they move the ball somewhere. How many of us have experienced something? You know what it means to feel rejected? Now you and I have been accepted into the highest grade club in the world. The club of the children of the most high God. That's the family we belong to. Praise the Lord, somebody. Somebody ought to do small shakara. Hallelujah. Okay, so as long as our relationship with the Holy Spirit, we allow it to flow, joy must abound. I'll give you scripture. Come with me to 2 Corinthians 8. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 and 2. And if you would, please put it. Okay, let me read the King James first. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. That in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. Let's see NLT now. Verse 2. Okay. It says, they have been tested by many troubles and they are very poor. Is there any situation that can be worse than this? Many troubles and very poor. I know the Bible is the word of God. It doesn't exaggerate. Many troubles and very poor. But what happened? He said, but they are also what? Filled with how much joy? Abundant joy. Many troubles and very poor. And yet with abundant joy. So when next somebody tells you that it's when you get a car that your joy multiplies, tell them you don't know my joy. 
Is someone hearing what I'm saying? Because my joy is relational. We'll be happy, we'll celebrate. There's nothing wrong with that. I praise the Lord. Get your car, get everything. But we know that the joy we have is not from this zone. It is from above. Praise the Lord, somebody. Let's look at it in message and see what it says there. The message translation. It says, fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, pushing them to the very limit. The trial exposed their true colors. They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. The pressure triggered something totally unexpected, an outpouring of pure and generous gifts. You see what Christianity is about? You just can't be normal. Praise the Lord. You just can't be normal. Paul says, though poor, making many rich. We carry an anointing. We are from out of this world. Praise the Lord. Yes. The the other day, we saw, I think, either the American or uh, uh, UK ambassador to Nigeria. If you see her in Kara, most of you ladies won't wear it. I'm sure it's Kanu wax. What's the cheapest grade? The lowest grade and terribly soon. She does. She's not from here. She doesn't care about your Hollandi. She doesn't want to know. She's the, she's the ambassador. Can you take her place? <laughs> if you send signal, would they hear you in US? But with her nylon and cara, badly sold. She's the ambassador. Do you understand? That is who we are in this world. Now there's nothing wrong if an ambassador comes and wants to wear royal robes. But it still will make her more or less of who she is. We are Christians. We are noted in heaven. We reign on earth in spite of our physical and environmental circumstances. That is who we are. And that's what the scripture is saying. So it it puts something there which we need to take note of. Great trial matched with abundance of joy. May the Lord promote you to that level. Where your joy cannot be interpreted by your trial. The previous verse, verse 1, go to verse 1. Verse 1. We can go back to King James. Verse 1 talks about the grace of God. That is what the grace of God does. The grace of God confuses people in your life. Praise the Lord. Last year, Raj was talking about when he didn't have food to feed his family. Abby, you were, How many people saw you in church then? And said, this Raj, something done the color for his head. Would anybody know? He was still, why? That's what the grace does. Grace makes you a wonder. Grace until you open your mouth and tell people, this is where I'm coming from. Or this is what is going on. They won't believe it. That's what he said. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you what? The grace of God. If I act like my circumstances, I'm saying there is no grace. If I give based on what I have, I'm saying there is no grace. They are giving. He says, how the riches of their generosity or, 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 or liberality matched with their deep poverty. So when I, I give more because I have more, it's not even grace, it's natural. It's natural. But when grace comes in, deep poverty will give richly, you know, generously. That's what it is. May grace flow for us <laughs> in the name of Jesus. May we flow in grace. In the name of Jesus. So, so we pick that from joy in his presence. And, and this, this evening, quickly, I just want us to meditate on something that, that I believe the Lord will have us, you know, look on as, as we 
move on this evening. I, I, all that we're saying here, Sunday also we, we talked about, uh, it was Children's Day service. And we talked, we looked at the scripture, Matthew 18, 3, which says, unless you're converted and become as little children, you by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. We saw the children on Sunday. We saw them in the fullness of their character. We saw them in their simplicity. We saw them fight right in front of us. We saw them push, you know, in front of us. We saw them just do all kinds of things. You know why? Children, there's something children know. Their father loves them. Do you get it? Their father loves them. When these children come up here, they're not trying to impress pastor. They're not, they're just, they're having fun. Now, one thing that happened for you and I as Christians that makes us different from the Judaists, that's the Jewish religion, and makes us different from any other religion in the world, is that in Christian, the Christian or in Christianity, God is our father. No other people have it. No other people. Praise the Lord. No other people have God. They all have God. They all claim God. But none of them can say God. That's why the Bible tells us in John 1, John 1, John 1, 12, yes. It says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right. It takes right. To them he gave the audacity. Praise the Lord. To them he gave the authority to become what? Children of God. We are all God's creation. And he loves us. For God so what? Loved the world he created. But he, we are not just his creation. We are adopted into his family. Two different things. The principal in a secondary school is the principal for all the children. But the principal has his children in that school. Pasaki, you are a principal son. You understand what I'm saying? You see, the principal is responsible for all the children. But not all the children are the principal son. Are you getting it now? So God is the God who created all the people in the world. But in this world now, some people have been given the right to become children of God. Praise the Lord. And that's why when our Lord Jesus Christ was going to teach us to pray, that first statement alone, if you just get that one, your life will change. Before our Lord Jesus Christ said, pray in this manner, no Jew... No Judaist will, in his right senses, call God Father. The only person that did a bit of it in the Old Testament, and I must mention, was David. Why? Because David in the Old Testament was functioning in the New Testament revelation. So in First Chronicles 29.10, he, he addressing God there. He didn't say it directly, but First, first Chronicles yes, 29.10. He says, therefore, David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, O Lord God of Israel our father forever and ever he was the first person all the time oh you dare not god father no who 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 born you you don't try it praise the lord you didn't try it but our, our lord jesus started bringing it into our consciousness when he came into this world that was why he was born into this world so that he can come in and then open the way so that you and I also can have that same relationship. Praise God. So when we see children, if they're children, then automatically implies what? That there's a father. So seeing the children on Sunday should immediately turn our hearts to our father. Our father which are what? 
in heaven. And then he said also in John 20 verse 17, we can look at it. John 20, 17, after his resurrection, where he said to them, he said, do not cling to me yet. I have not yet ascended to my father. Okay, that is the first level. So at this point, my father. Then, but he went on and said, but go to my brethren and say to them, this is the gospel. I am ascending to my father and your father. I'm going to now make that one who is my father to be able to be what? Your own father. That's what he did. Praise the Lord. So in Christ, Christians have God as their father. And we're going to see the implication of this. So when we say we're children, we have a father. Let me hear you say, I have a father. I have a father. And when you say, I have a father, don't think, don't go back to you. Uh, don't think my father in you. No, my father in heaven. Not the one that died. Praise the Lord. I did. <laughs> Praise God. My father in heaven. Okay. Why is this important? Because this will help us begin to understand a lot of things that they say to us in Christianity. You know, Christianity is very simple. And Christianity is one. You see, the principles of Christianity is not complicated. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why men were wonderful Christians without having the 66 books of the Bible. Because if you get it, you'll walk in it. Praise the Lord. We thank God for the books we have. We thank God for the revelation we have. We thank God for all of that. But it will catch the spirit. Praise the Lord. It will catch the spirit. We will walk automatically in it. So God is my father. We've said here in our introduction that David said, I've said God always what? Before me. So now we're coming to say God is my father. What is the implication? It means I'm a child of God. Praise the Lord. I'm a child of God. Okay. Our Lord Jesus speaking in John 14. John 14 verse 18. It says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. He's saying, the Christian is not an orphan. Praise God. And here he's not talking about your earthly father or your early mother. It doesn't matter that situation. He's saying the born again Christian is not what? An orphan. Remember when he was answering the people who came to call him to say, your, your mother and brothers are looking for you. What did he answer them? He said, who are my mother and brothers? He looked at the people and said, these ones here who hear the word of the Lord and do it are what? They are my mother and my brothers. So when he's speaking, he knows what he's talking about. He's saying the Christian will never be an orphan. Why? Because the born again Christian has God as his word, as father. So he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And this he will come to you then. He was now referring to the Holy Spirit who is going to come and be with us. And that happened at Pentecost. Now in Matthew 6, the whole, I was trying to find where to read from. I couldn't find. But if you go home in this time that we are talking of this joy and the trials and the troubles of our time. Just read the entire chapter. But in verse 32, he said something there. It says, for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. One thing you can't take away from children is that they don't think far. You know why they don't think far? They have somebody who is doing that for them. Praise the Lord. They don't worry. Children don't have the capacity to worry. Praise God. You know why? They are not orphans. They are not alone. That's why the Lord Jesus used that word. You are not an orphan. An orphan in the natural begins to worry. But once the person is not an orphan in the natural, there's somebody that he bounces off his burden on. There's somebody that he bounces off his trouble on. 
and you know, Raju and Lena get connected that when your child says, I'm hungry, praise the Lord, and after two hours, you don't respond. That child does not step out and go to the malam shop and say, can you give me bread on credit? I told my father I'm hungry and he didn't respond. Will any child do that? Children don't have that capacity. I am hungry. After two hours, you have not responded. The next level is they change it. Isn't it? Who are, who are they still addressing? Their father. They don't know any other person. The focus is on you. So it says what? We have a father in heaven. The psalmist said, my exaltation does not come from the east or west. But God is the judge. My lifting will come from him. Praise the Lord somebody. So our father is saying, you and I must learn to turn our focus, to turn our expectation, to turn our attention. This is what our Lord Jesus was also teaching us in the parable in Luke 8, 18. From verse 1 to 8. Where it says men ought always to pray. In fact the simple thing prayer means is focus on your father. That's simply what it means. That's simply what it means. That's simply what. It means focus on your father. Men ought always to pray and not to what? Faint. What was the story about? It said there is this unjust judge. Who does not care about man. Nor God nor anybody. And there was a case before, and he would not respond. The lesson from that widow was that the widow didn't go any other place. That's the lesson you and I learned. The widow did not go and try the magistrate. Because the widow knew that the magistrate cannot get this judge to do anything. Neither did the widow engage in, what's it called? Self, what's it called again? When you get the law by yourself, when you try to. The widow didn't try to go and get self-help. Uh-huh. No, the widow, the widow kept coming to the judge. And then he said, can you see what this unjust judge did? Because this widow will not let him. It talks about focus. Praise the Lord. It talks about what? Focus, focus, focus on your father. You have a father. Keep telling him. Thank God he doesn't say stop disturbing me. Praise the Lord. No, he doesn't. He said, call on me and I will answer. He says, seek me. Seek me daily. He said, come, keep coming. And our Lord Jesus concluded by saying that when the son of man returns, shall he what? Find faith. What's he talking about? When the son of man returns, will you still have your attention on me? Will you have your attention on me? And now you begin to see why this thing must have dimensions. Because if you're the only one I'm coming to, then sometimes if I come to you, I'm beginning to learn. Like, like as a child, I learned... That if I want to go back to school, how many of us wrote lists? These days, they don't even write lists. The schools, are, the Ajebo is too much. Those days, you write lists, okay? And the holiday was three months or two, almost three months. And for three months, your father was not seeing you. Then you appear one night and bring your list, okay? The likelihood of you getting up to 50% of what is on your list is very, very low. But you see, if two weeks before you present your list, you came and started watching NTA news with your father. Praise the Lord. You know, you came and started bringing a milli quaker. You know, that's the wash hand water. You know, you came and started just, you know, just hanging around him. The likelihood is that when you bring your list, you know, there is tendency for you to score a very high percentage of success. Why? Because you have what? Drawn near to him. That is what it is. When he's your only choice, you will have no choice but to cultivate him. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have no choice but to cultivate him. You, you see, God must be cultivated. 
That's what prayer is about. You discover, that's what David shows us. Look at the Psalms. The man did not have typewriter. He did not have computer. How could he write these Psalms? Then they were writing with, with uh, bed quills. Do you get what I'm saying? He was cultivating God. He was spending time. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. The Lord is my shepherd. You see, those are not things that just come from anywhere. He was spending time. When the throne was denied him, he didn't go and learn Taekwondo. Do you understand? He didn't go and find how to practice counter-insurgency. No, he didn't go and improve on his shooting skills so he can come and... No, he, he's still focused on the Lord. He says, I will wait on the Lord. And I'll be of good courage. Waiting on the Lord, you will know him. And you know what? That's what he really wants. You know why he wants that? Because that's what will last. I've told us here, yeah, think back. Don't even go too far. Five years ago, your body five years ago, compared to now. If God gave you that and said, okay, we separate. You'll be mad by now. Because that's, that cannot be what will sustain you. So God knows that he's the one who will sustain you. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is what? Fullness of joy. Then in my pr- presence, I can be giving you the pleasures. I don't send the pleasures to you. They're my right hand. Because if you take them and go, you'll come back hungry. You know, the, everything in the Bible is one story. Let me give you another link to what I'm saying. The prodigal son, do you think he was not intelligent enough to plan his life? He planned his life. He said, give me my portion. He had planned how he'll become a conglomerate. But he didn't know that his life was attached to the father. The moment he left the father's presence, he started deteriorating. His his restoration was not more money. It was coming back to the father. Those who learn it never leave his presence at all. Because anytime you leave, there will be regret. It doesn't matter what you live with. You, You know some Christians who at some point in their journey, God prospered them. And they just went off. When you see them now, they don't know where to plan because they can't be fully unbelievers. They know some truths. And then they can't also come back fully because the devil is very wicked. If they're listening to me, please come back. But the devil is very wicked. He won't let them also come back. They're in a state of confusion. They can't go forward. They can't go backwards. Why? Because at the time, they chose his gifts instead of his presence. But his presence is what gives you continual. That's what David understood. If David had killed Saul, he would have become uh, uh, head of state. But if he became head of state, he would have lost God. So, not killing Saul, the implications, so let me tell you, I won't deceive you. Not killing Saul meant he spent more years as a fugitive. Oh, yes. Brethren, to get it God's way is not easy. Oh, no, it's not easy. To get anything God's way is not easy. It's never easy. It's the difficult part. It's the straight and narrow part. You know, I, I was, some of these things I say really doesn't concern me, but maybe there might be a few pastors. I'm observing now that a lot of, you know, pastors who were doing their things now, they've started 5 a.m. prayer, 7 a.m. prayer. They've started, some of them have started, you know, those uh, special services. Come and take, they didn't used to do this. The problem is that when they see congregations somewhere, 5,000, 50,000, and they see their own, 43, 47. Do you understand? And they pray and they fast. Their own. It increases to 49. Do you understand? And the man preaches a powerful message that he received from the Lord. The next Sunday is 32. Because the goats have become angry. How can you say such a thing? There is no love in this church. Why are you preaching condemnation? Condemnation is that they are telling you a sinner. The basis, the precursor for refreshment is repentance. The precursor for repentance is conviction. 
The precaution for conviction is exposure of sin. If there is no exposure of sin, there is no conviction. If there is no conviction, there is no repentance. If there is no repentance, there is no refreshing from him. There can be pacification from the devil. If you are in sin and you are happy, the devil is rubbing Oloman. Which one? Share but on you. And you're shouting, yeah. And when you finish, you just go, continue your sin. It's the devil that is giving you that feeling. Because if the Lord, you're the Lord's beloved. He said the father chastening at him whom he loves. Why? You know why? He says that you might be perfected in his holiness. When God looks at you, he wants you to be like him. Do you understand? God wants you to be like him. That's, that's all he's looking for. We are learning today. He says, a, a wise son makes a glad father, isn't it? I says, and then the, uh, the, 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 it pleases the father that in him, it pleased the father that in him, the fullness of the Godhead will do it. The joy of the father is that he looks at you and says, Jesus, he won't stop at anything. He won't stop at anything. Okay, so I, I'm seeing a lot of them and I'm just spitting them. They put, you know, special program. If you have this need, come. If you have this need, come. Uh, uh, it doesn't work that way. The gift of God is himself. Do you understand? The gift of God is himself. And he has said, I will not allow you to be what? Tempted beyond what you can bear. But with every temptation, I'll make a way. He keeps making a way. In his good pleasure, he might bring you to an abundant place. Praise the Lord. But then the blessing, what you can be assured is, he will always be with you. But see, the pressures of attack. And social media is not helping it. And then the, so, 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 the billboards in Abujana is causing confusion. Abi? Some of the billboards are hasty. I don't even notice them. <laughs> Praise the Lord. No, you know why? Oh, yes, you don't understand. When, when, when the Father whispers to you, do, do, do you understand? Please, my, my beautiful wife, please, can you come? Why people are clapping? You don't even know what I want to say. And you started clapping. You're clapping too quickly. You see, the, you're, you're strolling in the garden. With your babe that you love. Do you understand? If, if anybody like, if you like, do giraffe walk, kata walk, I will not notice. You know why? I've been captured. I've been captivated. Do you understand? I've been arrested. You see, when you and the father are in that type of relationship, oh no. Do you understand? When, when you experience the, 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 the sweetness, of the fellowship of the Father, where the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of you. You understand? You don't notice all those things. You don't count numbers. No, 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 no. You don't. You don't. It's where poor people are that they measure food. Where rich people eat, they say, go and take. Have you ever seen a book that is all you can eat? It will close that morning. <laughs> Do you understand? Where rich people eat is all you can eat. Go to Hilton. They have all you can eat every day. I'm, I'm at a place. Let them try all you can eat. It will close. So the problem we have is that we're not seeing the, the singleness of it. We are a people in relationship with the Father. And l- l- let me just get beside myself. This is the way the Lord ministered it to me. And, and this is what, you know, I'm just sharing with you my own thing. He said to me, omnipotent God. You call me omnipotent God. You call me omniscient God. You call me uh, Alabada, all those names you call me. He said, don't forget that I'm your father. So when you say omnipotent God, say my father. Because you see, you can call those things and he will seem far. And you might think you need to write a code to access him. Do you understand? He's father. So this almighty God is what? Father. 
This omniscient God is what? Father. This ancient of days is what? Father. This creator that created the heavens and the earth is what? The one who sustains the universe is Father. You know what that does? Thank you, Pastor. It suits your heart. It just calms your heart down. Because Father does not just talk about his strength. He talks about his interest. Because he's Father, you don't run alone. How many fathers are in this house? If you're a father, everywhere your son goes, your heart is there. You know they say the woman carries the child in the womb. They also carry in the heart. But men carry in the heart and in the mind. I remember those days. My, my, my father, we are, we are many sons. So he'll call different sons. And then he'll be telling them things. Depending on how he wants you to take on from where he's stopping. He'll call you and begin to tell you stories. All he's telling you that story so that you can enter into his understanding. And be able to take the same position he would take in the future. If the father doesn't see, send you forth. He goes with you as far as he's able. The father impacts his burden on you. The father expects you to catch his heart. So when God is dealing with us, he's not dealing short term. Is someone hearing what I'm saying? The, the father is, is looking at dynasty. He's looking at legacy. He, he's, he's looking at continuation. That's why Abraham, the son of Abraham, he recognized was one, Isaac. But how many sons does he have now? He didn't call Abraham and say, Abraham, you're going to be father of many nations. So father 77 children. No. It was Isaac. He got to, to Isaac. Isaac had two. He chose one again. When he got to Jacob, he said, okay, Jacob, you can now, you know, multiply them. And see how the, his own trouble was multiplied also. Do you understand? That, that is the way. The, the father is not short-term. Many of us have, you know, very short-term Christianity. I'm telling you, you must settle in your mind that the father is interested. He's not looking at where, how they tell my story. From so, Some people are worried about how they'll tell their story, what they have achieved. No, it's what the father achieves through you. You know, there's something the Lord ministered to me sometime ago. I mean, I've said it here. There's this man, I don't know if many of us have read his books. Most of us old Christians must have watched my knee. And he said to me, watch my knee that you respect and, you know, so much. He said, in his time, do you think anybody listened to him? You know, these days we carry people, especially when people are dead. When people are dead, you know, they become very nice. He said, watch my knee. Do you think in his time he was popular? But I've used him, you know, and in his time he probably thought he died. He was died in jail. He was in prison. He was a Chinese, you know, Christian. So, so he said, you, you allow the father to live through you, to carry out his function through you. Trust him. That's what these children do. Do you get what I'm saying? You, you don't go to children's church and, and you see the children worried, you know, troubled. Say, ah, your, 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 your father, they brought you to church with this type of car. This is the type of, they don't care. That's their father's business. Is somebody getting, they, they don't. They don't scheme. Children don't scheme. They trust you. That's it. You say you do it. They trust you. And they, they well, that, daddy, you will do this. So what should I do? You tell them. They go and do it. That's simply what we're talking about here. Trust and what? Obey. That's Christianity. Because when you see him as father, you will trust him. And anybody you will trust, proof of trusting somebody is that you obey the person. You can't say you trust and then you disobey. If you disobey, you don't trust. You may be wanting to trust, but you have not yet trusted. Anybody you trust, you obey. And that's why the Lord is calling us to trust him. He's our father. 
It's your, your testimony, you, you don't, your testimony is not your, your testimony is his testimony. Just like in the natural, everybody bears his father's name. When you get married, you bear your husband's name. That name you bear is his name. So you're not running. Somebody is, you know, where he or she is now. I'm feeling I'm abandoned. My trouble is this. Can you readjust it to say our trouble and see how the enemy will be able to make you feel bad? I will not leave you as orphans. So this thing we are going through. Uh, no, nobody knows what I'm going through. Just say to yourself, my father knows what I need. You understand? Hey, this burden I'm bearing is too much. My father and I are bearing this burden. I get it. What a change of perspective. Why? Because that's what children do. Children don't lie in their bed and say, they, they, they. "You see, look at my father. He has slept off, eh? and school is starting tomorrow. He has not made provision for." Do, do they do that? Once they tell you, that's even if they tell you. If they get to the age where they tell them to tell you, when they come, they go and sleep. You know what? They have a father. I have a father. Who will never, ever fail me. I have a father who will never, never fail. That, that's it. That, that's what it is. And then when, when you get to that place of relationship, you, you begin to understand Romans. Can you put, please put Romans 8.15 on the screen for us? You see that the whole Bible is one thing. Romans 8.15. It says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Where is fear coming from? The spirit of bondage. A place of insufficiency. A place of competition. It, can, can I tell you something? In a family, do you know fathers give more attention to the weaker members? Oh yes, they, need, they, they, they get as much help as they need. Have you realized that when your children quarrel, you somehow always support the weaker? Not because he or she is right, but because you know that if you're not careful, the stronger will do what? Subdue. So even if in front after you now call the big one and say, please, you know, just sorry. Do you understand? It says, you did not receive the bond, spirit of bondage again. To fear, no need for panic. No need for that attitude to life. As if there is nobody for you. No. But it says, you receive what? The spirit of adoption by whom we do what? We cry out what? Abba, Father, my daddy. My daddy. God is my father. The spirit of adoption. And we say there that what makes the spirit of adoption even more powerful is the spirit of adoption is not better do you understand? Birth can be accidental. You can want to stop at five children and then the sixth one will come. Do you understand? And then you say hallelujah. The child will just be moving around. Hallelujah. I've told you people, I suspect I must have been accidental because my younger sister is called happiness. Amuleka. What does it mean? And then I was the sixth son. They were looking for a girl. When they told them this is who he is, hey. they say anyway, hallelujah anyway. <laughs> They say hallelujah anyway. Do you understand? If they had had my sister before me, they would not have me. Yes. Because they had one girl and six boys. So they were looking for a girl. When I came out as a boy, if it was possible to exchange, they would have exchanged. They said, I beg, take this one, give me. <laughs> you know, so they called me Kinna, the power of God. But can you see the power of the Father? Yes, the power of the Father. The strength of the Father. That's what they call. When my sister came, they said, I won't leak. That is there. Our joy knows no bound. Okay, now. So, I understand that my natural parents may not have applied for me on demand. But my spiritual father, he looked at me. 
He weighed me. He checked out my life. He knew my faults. He knew my errors. He knew my things. He knew everything about me. And he said, I will adopt that one. That's why it's called the spirit of adoption. It's not accidental. So if you're here and you have been brought into the family of God, you have a father who chose you. Who chose you. And this father is almighty. Do you think he cannot bring his will to pass in your life? Do you think his good purpose will be defeated by the devil, by your country, by anything? It's impossible. Do you understand? Nothing can keep him from perfecting what he has begun. It says, he that begun the good work in you will be what? Faithful. Will be faithful to perform it. Why? Because he considered it before he started. Remember his alpha and what? Omega. God does not find something, you know, doesn't find some information along the way. You know, he can start on a journey and then you realize that, ah, road, no, go here. God has seen all the road. And then he chose you and I. Another scripture we look at before we pray. It says in Galatians 4, 6. It says because, because you are his sons. He said, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out what? Abba, Father. That's what he does. He puts the spirit so we know who we are. It, it establishes us in the relationship. In this relationship we are talking, when we go to pray, we pray to God, but we pray to God, our Father. When we're in challenges, we call on God, but we call on God, our what? Our Father. When we have need for help, we call on the one who is the mighty helper. But we call on him what? Our father. He's not some rich man somewhere that we are going to help us. No, he is our father. Everything he has is built for us. Praise the Lord. Everything he is, is intended for us. And what does he want? He wants you to be made in his image. That's where the challenge comes from. When you don't know what your father wants, you will always be frustrated. You see, lo- looking back now, eh, if I wanted to eat my father's money very well, uh, I know what I would have been doing. Anything, any investment in the East, you know, if my father was alive now, he would have been telling, you see what I was telling you people, these people don't like him. Anything outside of the East, you know, he lost things during the Civil War. Anything outside of the East, my father will not give you one shilling. Anything outside, he's, he will never give you. When we came to Abuja, I don't know if I've told you this story. We had 600,000 to rent a house, 500 and something thousand to rent it. We saw a property in Wuse too that was about the same amount, 600,000. And I went to my dad and said to him, can you give me 600,000? Let me please buy this land and rent the house. In a few months or so, I will pay you back. You know what he told me? He said, if all the houses he has here, I can't move into them. I'm taking uh, 600000 to go and rent out. He will never borrow me one comma. He won't lend me one comma. And that's how we lost that property. If we bought it, eh, the type of rent I would have been just after Wuse Market, inside Wuse to just on the road. Beautiful property. If I'd known, I would have just told him, this property I want to buy is an independence lot. It's behind your house. <laughs> He's not interested in anything outside. Even if you tell him that gold is falling in Abuja, he will tell you he's not interested. What am I trying to say? When you know the heart of your father, you will get things from him. Now, what am I trying to say? The desire of our heavenly father 
is that you'll be transformed into the image of his son. Anything in that line, he will back you up. Anything to make you more like him, he will back you up. That's why when the three Hebrew boys said, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you. Our God may not deliver us. Mm -mm, He will deliver them. You know what? He wants to show himself strong. Isn't that what the Bible says? It says the eyes of the Lord, what do they do? They run to and fro upon the whole, searching for the man whose heart is what? Loyal, that he might show. Anywhere God finds you in a strait. You know, somebody was asked, what is the secret to great faith? He said, great trials. You know why? Because when you are put in a great trial and you trust God, God stands up for you. Let's rise up on our feet. Let's rise up. Let's call on him. You know, let, let's call on him. Let, let's, let, if, if you don't even want to go tomorrow, just call him father tonight. Tell him you're my father. Tell him you may be a Labrador, you know, but you're my father. You may be a Yigi Yigi, but you're my father. You may be creator of the heavens and the earth, but you're my father. You chose me. Somebody needs to remind himself tonight that God chose him. He chose me. And Lord Jesus Christ says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Somebody listening to me is struggling with some weakness. The father knows that you can become the image of his son. He knows that you can have victory in that area. He knows that you can win the devil in that situation. He knows that you can become a testimony in that area. So I want you to lift up your eyes to your heavenly father and say to him, my daddy, I come to you. You are my father. I'm no longer afraid. You chose me. You may be worried about your future. How you will live this out. How you will work this out. How you will be able to make this. There are some problems, some burdens that you're carrying all over you. And you're just wondering, how will this work out? I want to remind you tonight that your heavenly father saw that problem. And knew that with him you can make it. So tonight, just invite him. Tell him, daddy, I'm at that point again. I need your help. And somebody's listening to me. Maybe you are falling in a particular area. You have been overcome in a particular area. Tonight, go to your father and say, you are my source. You are my strength. The psalmist said, David said, by you I can run against the troop. By you I can leap over walls. It is you that teach my hand to war and my fingers to do battle. I am strong in you. Tell the Lord you can give me instruction. You can give me inspiration. You can make a way where there is no way. When it is this is family matters, you will give me victory. Lord, I look to you. And are you sick in the body? The spirit of the Father can strengthen you. Can quicken that mortal body. Are you depressed in the mind? Then I want you to remember that you are royalty. God the Father is your Father. God the Son is your big brother. God the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of you right now. You have no reason. The devil has nothing on you. The situation of Nigeria has nothing on you. You are a citizen of heaven. On a sojourn in Nigeria. You are doing business here. I said, occupy till I come. We don't know when it's going to come. For all you care, he might come tonight. For all you care, he might come tomorrow morning. But before he comes, I will love him. Before he comes, I will trust in him. Before he comes, I will not waste my time in worry. For I have a father. He is a good, good father. He is the almighty father. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we bless you. He said he will not leave me as an orphan. I am not alone. Somebody needs to pray tonight. I am not alone. The enemy is trying to make you think that you are there all alone. You are not alone. All the options 
that you have measured out. Help can come from here. Help can come from there. A way can come from there. Just like when we look at Nigeria and we're thinking where help can come from. The option heaven has, we don't even know. We saw in the Bible, in one case, he solved it with a rumor. In another case, he solved it with a sound, the footsteps of the leopard. In another case, he cost he cursed an angel in one night to slay one eight five thousand so you don't know his way of deliverance why because he's awesome in his doings he's mighty he's mighty he's jehovah he's the great king above all the earth i needed to just exalt him i needed to worship him my father my father i bless you you are worthy of my worship you are deserving of my praise i will trust in you i am a child of god i'm a child of the father he loves me and I will put my trust in him. I will put my trust in him. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158-404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.